very strange things happening in America and around the world. And uh, the Lord just put on me and my wife's heart to just uh, encourage you today because of all of the stuff that we see happening and how it's affecting our lives. Uh, when we came in here, Dale shared with us, you know, uh, this, uh, how he's got some friends whose wives just left him, and that's been been happening a lot as more and more of this strong feminist movement that's rooted in in uh, the powers of darkness. Yes, they are. They, they, they do make a great point in that many, many women around the world are still living in uh, levels of poverty and slavery and uneducated, not able to get an education, not able to make decisions concerning their lives. Uh, many of them are enslaved both in labor and as sex slaves. I mean, there's 28 million slaves in the world today, far more than there were even during uh, the great African uh, slave trade that was going on back in the 1600s, 17 and 1800s. Far more today. There are far more people in slavery today. It's hard to believe, isn't it? In the 21st century, we're still talking about slavery, but it absolutely does exist, and the vast majority are women. So the feminists have a point. They are correct in about the way women are still treated in the world today. But the other side of it, and that's how the enemy is, he always makes his point in one way, but it always takes an ugly turn. And I believe that there is a reason why uh, Satan in the Bible approached a woman first. And it's not because a woman is gullible. It's not because uh, women are weaker. No, it's because of who God made them to be. When God took uh, the cell out of the man, you know, the many translations say rib. We still think rib today, but the Hebrew word is actually cell. When God took a cell out of the man and built a woman and brought that woman to the man, the man said, wow, <laughs> this is bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. She shall be called wound man. And uh, one of the Hebrew words that was used to describe the female uh, was ezer. The word means help. The same word that God used to describe himself. Where the word of the Lord says, I will look to the hills from which cometh my ezer, my help. My help comes from the Lord. So when the Bible describes when, when, uh, that the woman shall be a helpmate, it doesn't mean secretary, administrative assistant, or slave. It means be a help like God is our help. So if you, if you just think about it, if you were Satan and God literally created a being, that would be a help to mankind, like unto himself, who would you approach? Who would you suppress the most? Wow. But if you take that help and that power and that ability and you separate it from its purpose, its creator, its God, then it becomes no different and all of the rest of the evils that we see plaguing the world today. So as women are becoming empowered, hearing that word a lot about the empowerment of women, but it's not just about becoming empowered, 
It's the same thing that applies to every male man. There's a male man and there's a female man. <laughs> and the same thing that it takes for the male man is what it takes for the female man. And that is to be submitted under the authority of the almighty God. Because without that submission and without that connection to God, we'll do, all we'll end up with is just the females doing the same things that the male did. You become what you despise. Many, many women uh, have been so brutally hurt by men. But when you get the power, you know what you're going to do? The same thing that was done to you. And therefore, the vicious cycle continues and nothing ever changes. And the enemy accomplishes what he set out to do. And that is to really, you got to think about what Satan's playing all along. He said, I will ascend, I will set my throne above the throne of God. So he'll just use whoever, whoever is open. You got to understand that what this really is about, this is Lucifer's continual effort to set his throne above God. And whoever gives him an open door, he'll be right there to take advantage of it. How many of you found that out? And so that's what this is uh, about today, that God is calling forth his true church, his people, male men and female men, <laughs> to step into his will and his purpose for their lives. Bless the Lord. Come on, give the Lord a hand today. Thank you, Lord. No making deals with God. You know, God, I'll do this if you do that. <laughs> And uh, because of the circumstances in our lives, it's easy to fall into that trap where things get so hard, we start, we start making deals, trying to get God to do something for us. And unfortunately, we live in a world where even in Christian circles, uh, especially a lot in Christian television today, there's a lot of teaching of manipulation. And what I mean by that, there's a lot of... Uh, ministers and ministries telling God's people that we need to do these set of things to get God to move in our life. And that's not childlike faith. That's not even biblical faith. And since we've been taught these things uh, and it's gotten so ingrained in us, we don't even realize how much we're operating in manipulation. I want you to turn in your Bibles with us this morning to 2 Timothy, the third chapter. And we're also going to take a look at 2 Timothy 4 as well. But we want to start with 2 Timothy, the third chapter. Some of you may have King James Version or New International Version. We use the New King James Version because it has a few words that instead of using thee or thou, it'll just say, uh, it'll put it in our modern English phrase but it kind of stays true to the original text, the reason why we like using a New King James Version of the Bible. Bless the Lord. I'm going to have my wife just to read that. We're going to read the uh, 2 Timothy 3, starting at verse 1, go all the way through 17. <laughs> But know this, that in the last days, perilous times will come. For men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, 
unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power, and from such people turn away, for of this sort are those who creep into households and make captives of gullible women, loaded down with sins, led away by various lusts, always learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Now as Janus and Jambres resisted Moses, so do these also resist the truth. Men of corrupt minds disapproved concerning the faith, but they will progress no further, for their folly will be manifest to all, as theirs also was. But you have carefully followed my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, love, perseverance, persecutions, afflictions, which happened to me at Antioch and Iconium, at Lystra, what persecutions I endured. And out of them all, the Lord delivered me. Yes, and all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. But evil men and impostors will grow worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. But you must continue in the things which you have learned and been assured of, knowing from whom you have learned them, and that from childhood you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith which, in Christ, which is in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Lord, we thank you for this moment to share this word. We yield ourselves to you in this holy moment, for you know uh, what's going on in every heart, in every life, in every home. You know those who may even hear this teaching um, by CD days, weeks, months, or even years from now. So we yield ourselves to you, Chris and Carol, decrease, that you would increase, that every word spoken would come from you, that it would carry sovereign, the sovereignty of your purpose and your will that each person that hears it would get this word at the right time, in the right season, in the right place in their lives. We sense that this is a holy moment. So in the authority of Jesus Christ, we bind every work of the enemy, every plan to detour, distract, disturb, even to dilute this word in any way. Satan, the Lord rebuke you, and we resist you. Thank you, Lord. Have your way in this place, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Since his presence today, a very sovereign way. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. A few days ago, happened to be watching Christian television. Really don't watch it a lot. 
and so it was, just happened to be on. And it was really greatly, I won't say disturbed, but disappointed at the level of what we call teaching today. We are literally promoting the doctrines of manipulation. Some have gotten to the point where all they're talking about is uh, believers having a good life. That this is the time where you should be focusing on having a good life for yourself. That Jesus died so that we would have a good life. Can I tell you that Jesus didn't die for us to have a good life? We can have a good life in this earth, but that wasn't the purpose for him dying. And so while believers are getting more and more focused on themselves and their families, and uh, we're watching a world that's tearing itself apart. Um, with this kind of teaching, that's telling us that the reason you go to church is to give your tithes and offerings so that the Lord can bless you. You say, Pastor Chris, isn't it what the word of the Lord says? Give and it shall be given unto you. Yes, he's telling us what happens. You, you, Pastor Paul is a farmer, and obviously there are things that are going to happen when you plant. It's going to be a harvest. But there's a purpose that's greater than just even simply the harvest. The harvest is connected to some lives that will be forever changed. He wants to destroy the harvest. And the harvesters. And have us so focused on our own lives and what we're going through that we forget what this is really about. Why did I bring that up in particular? I'll give you this just as an example, and I think I've shared it with you before. We have, many of us have been taught that, the, that uh, tithes and offerings is connected to our own financial gain alone. But if you look at the, uh, the origin of the tithe, when God spoke to Jacob, remember when Jacob was lying on the ground asleep and he had a dream that these angels were coming up and down out of heaven and God spoke to him and said, the land that you're lying on, I'm going to give it to you. I'm giving it to your descendants. So, and how much God would bless him. God told him how much he would be a blessing to the earth. And so Jacob woke up from that and said, God, since you're going to bless me then with this land, then out of everything that this land produces, I will give back to you 10%. That's where it started. He made that vow to God. Jacob wasn't making that vow to get God to bless him. Smile at me. <laughs> he wasn't making that vow to get God to bless him. Why was he making that vow? Because God had promised him that he would and there's a difference between giving to get God to bless you versus the understanding that I'm returning to God because he has already blessed me. Changes everything, doesn't it? I'm returning the tithe to him. I'm honoring him because he has already blessed me. I'm not trying to manipulate him 
and get him to do something for me. I'm acknowledging what he's already done. Thank you, Lord. Would you take a moment and say, Lord, I just thank you for what you've already done. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for what you've already done in my life. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you, Lord. Come on, just thank him. Thank you, Lord. So as you walked in the door and you put in your envelope, it was to say, God, I thank you for what you've already done. I bless you. And I'm trusting you that you're going to continue to do what you already do. <laughs> bless the Lord. Now, just that little bit of what I just taught, what I just said to you, imagine what the church in America would be like today if we had had that understanding all along. Imagine the example we would have been being to the world all along if we weren't in the same pursuit as the rest of the world. Yeah, we'd be a lot more thankful. We'd be a lot more grateful. In fact, I remember a few years ago, remember back in the 70s and 80s, we used to sing songs like, give thanks with a grateful heart. Give thanks unto the Holy One. Give thanks because he's given Jesus Christ, his son. Give thanks with a grateful heart. Give thanks to the Holy One. Give thanks because he's given Jesus Christ, his son. And now let the weak say I am strong. Let the rich say I am rich, yes. Because of what the Lord has done for us, giving thanks. Remember when we used to say give thanks? And since we've gotten away from that, now we're caught up in this getting things out of God. Get God to bless me. Pursuing riches. And so when the word of God comes to us, we find that a lot of times that our soil is like the soil that Jesus described in the parable that said when the seed fell on soil where there was thorns and thistles and the cares of this life and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word. So it's not that the word isn't going forth in America, but a lot of America's soil is like that. The cares of this life, the cares of this life. Let me put the emphasis on different, in, in, in different word in that sentence. The cares of this life. The cares of this life. <laughs> Chokes out the word. What's getting choked out? God's real intentions, God's real purpose, God's real plan for us. Yeah. Can you hear it today? Bless the Lord. They're okay. They're okay. <laughs> Let them play. <laughs> We're good. And so, can you hear me today? So I was so disappointed as I just watched where those who we consider 
the top teachers, the greatest preachers, the ones who are delivering the word. It's amazing to see where they are. Because when you come forth with the word that needs to go forth today, we all know, and I can tell you from when we first got to Harrisburg, we were challenged with this ourselves. We all know people are not going to give and they're not going to come and they're not going to support if you come forth with the word that needs to be taught today. They're not coming. <laughs> and you think that they're going to pay for it? You think they're going to financially support a word that they don't want to hear? Not even close. And so many. <laughs> yes, sir. Father in heaven, I want to thank you for people here that want to hear the word of God. Yes, Lord. And they give freely, not because we beg yes. or we challenge them to give, but they give out of their hearts for, because they love you and they love truth. We pray a blessing upon our people because of the love that they have for the word of Jesus Christ. And we bless you, O oh Lord, with our tithes and offerings because we know you are our protector. You look after us and look over us, and we praise you, O oh Lord. Thanks for the love of God in this house. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, bless the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Pastor Paul, you beat me to it because I was going to say that's why we love coming here to a place where people love the word and you give and support the true word of God. I want you to know that it's rare, guys. We were faced with the challenge right away when we got to Harrisburg. I was actually told to my face by a woman uh, in, at the end of one of our services, if you're going to teach like this, and you're going to conduct and hold services like this. I'm not coming, and I'm going to tell all of my friends not to come. Witchcraft. That's witchcraft. That's witchcraft. And witchcraft. Was, I'm not changing. Nope. Not changing the message. Well, I'm not going to change. Serve. I'm going to serve him no matter what. And that's what it's going to take in this hour. Yeah. Of people that are going to pursue God and pursue his way no matter what. There are a lot of strange doctrines that are coming forth. And they're not going to feel strange. It's going to sound right, everybody. Hear me today. It's going to sound right. It's going to sound very logical. But it's going to be a lie. Some of you are starting to hear these things, such teachings as there is no hell, that everybody's already saved. And as much as you go, how can anybody fall for that? I can, I can tell you how you can fall for it. Because if your life is messed up, and you're desperately seeking answers, and you don't understand all of this spiritual aspect, and you're tired of religion, and some of them have been hurt by churches, both in the Catholic Church and among the Protestants, and they've, tired, they've tried different religious beliefs and different cults, and nothing has worked. So if somebody comes along and says, we're all really serving the same God, it's just the same, same God, and we're all calling him or her or it, by, the, by different names, but there's really only one. Somebody comes along and says, you know what? There is no way in the world that a loving God would send people into eternity 
to be forever lost. It begins to make sense in your logical mind, in your desperate mind, in your lonely mind, in your seeking mind. And so what we're up against and what we're facing in our world today is nothing new. And that's why we started reading from 2 Timothy, the third chapter, because Paul, writing this letter to his son in the faith, tells him, and speaks to us hundreds of years into the future what it would be like. He says, but know this, in the last days, perilous times will come. Perilous means fierce. You wonder why there's so much contention, not just with the wars and rumors of wars, but just among people. Social media is just all out war space. <laughs> Families are being torn apart. We don't even have the ability of critical thinking anymore. What do I mean by critical thinking? There could, for instance, if Gene and I were in a dispute, if I don't like Gene, even if Gene is telling me the truth, I will reject what Gene is saying to me because I don't like him. So even if he tells me the truth, and I know it's the truth, I will still reject it because I don't like Gene. So that's the reason why we have two political parties, two major parties, and even though I can look at things and see in amongst the liberals and the Democrats that some of what they're saying is the truth, but I reject everything they say because of their political stance. Some of you wonder why, as conservatives or Republicans, why people look at us and go, I reject everything that you're saying. But you're going, but this makes sense. Why? Because I don't like conservatives. So I don't care that what you're saying is the truth. I don't like you. Fierce times. But it's just an absolute rejection. Men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers. I wish I had the time to get into all of this, but we see it today. As I'm going through this list, I feel like I'm reading Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and, <laughs> and I'm watching the news programs and I'm looking at TV shows and sitcoms and movies because Everything that I'm reading here is happening now. Disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good. We're right there, despisers of good. I never thought I'd see an America where if somebody actually does a good thing, people despise it. They make fun of it. They belittle it. They minimize it. They question it. Despisers of good. Traitors, headstrong, haughty, 
lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having, and here's the worst part, having a form of godliness. Very religious. Religious people aren't just the ones walking in the church buildings today. There are millions of religious people in America who do not go to church anywhere. They don't go to church anywhere. My Lord. Can you hear it today? And they're denying the power of God. And from such people turn away. For this sort are those who, these sort of people who creep into households. And how do they creep into households today? Through media, through music, through books, through conversation, through education, through politics, through policies, through their jobs, creeping into their households and making captives of gullible women loaded down with sins. That's why I connected it with the feminist movement. Because in their desperation for equality, they become gullible to every wind and move and movement. They don't even care what's behind it. You can tell them what's behind a lot of what's happening in the feminist movement, but I don't care. I will sacrifice my soul to get this temporary equality. Bless the Lord. Led away by various lusts, not only fleshly lust, but the lust, not just the lust of the flesh, but the lust of the eye, the pride of life, carried away by various lust. Always learning. I see this a lot. Always learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. They love the journey. They just love to talk about all of the possibilities. And let's just dream. And let's just imagine. And let's amass all kinds of information and get degrees and encourage everybody to go to school and get degrees and get honors. And they love talking about all types of philosophical possibilities. But the moment you and I stand up and say, but there is truth. No, 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 there isn't truth. There's, here's the phrase you're going to hear a lot. There's my truth. Anybody heard that phrase lately? There's my truth. And you don't have the right to tell me that there is a truth. You don't have the right to tell me there is the truth. There is only my truth and my truth is based upon my life's experience and then the conclusions that I have come to about life according to my life's experience. Now the flaw with that is all of us have life's experience, right? You remember the way you were when you were growing up and things that you saw your mom and dad do or cousins and uncles and friends and all of that and so the issue is our perspective of life as we were growing up is coming from the perspective of a child. So I'm not saying these things did not happen to you, but your perspective is that of a child. Which means you don't know 
the whole truth about what was going on as you were growing up. And so you reasoned as a child, just like the Bible says. And you came to conclusions as a child. And you made vows as a child and said, I'll never do this and I'll never let anybody do this to me and never allow anybody to say this and that to me. And I'll never go back to church again. And all of this is just a joke. And nobody in the church is real. And everybody's a hypocrite. And so now you live your life based upon my truth. Because when I was 14, when I was 15, I saw these hypocrites. I heard this. I saw that. I experienced this. This person said that. This one did this to me. That one did that to me. And they claim to be a preacher and they claim to be a believer. And so now I have my truth. And my truth says all of this is fake. None of this is real. Everybody's a hypocrite. And so you can't dare tell me that God is real because I live according to, everybody say it, my truth. Wow, bless the Lord. Then you got this extra influence. Verse 8 says, now as Janus and Jambres resisted Moses, so do these also resist the truth. So then you go, who are these guys? <laughs> so I looked it up to see who were these guys. These were the magicians in Egypt who pulled off the fake duplication of the plagues. At least the first ones that they could pull off. Moses' rod turns into a snake. We can do that. And so we live in a world where because certain things of God have been imitated by the enemy, then we have a world that thinks, well, I can do that. The church isn't doing anything any different than the rest of us can do. Church feeds the hungry. We feed the hungry. Church provides shelter and food for people. Well, we can do that. Church provides counseling. Hey, we can do that. But eventually you're going to step into something that y'all can't do. Because you can only address the needs of mankind according to the physical. And you can address some of the things in the mental through the counseling and the therapy. But where people are hurting deep in their soul, sorry, you can't duplicate that. So when I throw down my rod and it turns into a serpent, and then you throw down your rod and it turns into a serpent too, my rod will swallow up yours because I can go somewhere with God that you can't go. Come on, bless the Lord right now. You can't touch people at the area of their spirit and their soul. You can't duplicate that. But they're able to come off with it looking like we can do anything that y'all can do. Remember that song? Anything you can do, I can do better. 
I can do anything better than you. No, you can't. Yes, I can. No, you can't. And that's where we are right now in America. And that's why it so disturbed me that our well-known ministers backed off of the power of God and started preaching prosperity. Backed off of the power of God and start telling God's people that you need to be living your, how to live your best life now. We backed off of the power of God. Do you imagine what would have happened if Moses had backed off? I'm, I'm not going to back off. Anybody with me? We ain't backing off of this. I'm not going to get in a battle of, no, you can't. Yes, I can. No, you can't. Yet, no, no. The God that answers by fire, love Elijah. Come on, go, go with me now to Elijah and the prophets of Baal. The God that answers by fire. Do you know that that's where we are with our families right now? We're at the, to at the absolute confrontation, who's going to be proven to be real moment. We're right there. Whose God is God? Whose truth is truth? Somebody say amen. amen. So here's what happened. Now as Janice and Jambres resisted Moses, so do these also resist the truth. How do they resist it? They resist it by trying to imitate and duplicate what we're doing. But here's what happens. Men of corrupt minds disapprove concerning the faith. But verse 9, but they will progress no further for their folly will be made, will be manifest to all as theirs. Who's theirs? Just like Janice and Jambers folly was manifest. Theirs will be too. We received a question one Sunday morning. I remember this brother, uh, and he asked the question, he said, Pastor Chris, how do we keep from losing our fire? And around that same time, we got this, we, we still have our online ministry and we receive emails and sometimes people ask questions and one of our online responders said that one of their biggest worries is about their future and how their current situation that they were dealing with was making them feel like they really weren't going to see it. They, they weren't going to see what God promised come to pass. And so to respond to that, I want to show you in the word of God, specifically in these passages of scriptures that we looked at, and I want to end with this. I want to give you five keys that will help us to stay focused and to stay on course in these perilous times. You hear me today? I'm going to sound like Dr. Miles Monroe. Miles Monroe. Write this down. Write this down. Remember, you used to say that all the time. Write this down. <laughs> the information I'm about to give you will be detrimental to your ignorance, he used to say. <laughs> this will be detrimental to your ignorance. So key number one is change your focus from yourself to God. Change your focus from your problems to God and change your focus from people to God. I'll say that again. Change your focus from yourself, from your problems, 
and from people to God. Change the focus from those three things, change them to God. And those verses of scriptures that we just read are the reasons why. Because men will be lovers of themselves. He's told us what it would be like. And the thing that can be so disheartening in this season that we're living in is because we're living and we're watching people um, focus on themselves and focus on their problems. And I underget, I, Carol and I get that because we are community life coaches. This is our job. In inner city Harrisburg, we go in and we're helping people through their problems. But our ultimate goal is not just simply to help them find a place to live, get a good job, and live a good life. It's to direct them to place their destiny their purpose, their life in the hands of God. Ultimately, that's what it's about. So we as believers have to do the same things. So get your focus off of the men being lovers of themselves. Here's what, here's what we're getting at. Just say, God, you already told us it was going to be, be this way. Let me say that again. Everybody just lift your hands and I'll say it. Lord, you already told us it was going to be this way. Can I say it to you in, some, in, in my inner city St. Louis 1970s lingo? So why are you tripping? <laughs> we used to say, so why are you tripping? Why am I tripping? The psalmist said it this way. So why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God. So I put it in 70s talk. Why are you tripping? <laughs> he said it was going to be this way. When things are turning out the way God said it would be, why do we freak out? You said it would be this way. So, Lord, I put my attention back on you. I'm not going to live my life focused on the problems and the circumstances that I'm living in. I will continue to worship you. I will continue to be thankful. I will continue to give thanks. That's the reason why that's so important, to give thanks, because it puts our attention back on God, not the circumstance, not the situation. I give thanks. Bless the Lord. I'm not going to have all of the attention on myself. I'm not going to have all the attention on my problems. And I'm not going to let people get my focus off of God. Number two, you can be thankful for this right here in this house. Number two, follow true apostolic leadership. Key number two to get you through perilous times, follow true apostolic leadership. And how do you know that you've got uh, true apostolic leadership? You should be able to do, you should be able to do what Timothy was able to do with Paul. Paul told Timothy, 2 Timothy 3.10, we just read it. He says, but you have carefully followed my doctrine, my teaching, you followed my manner of life. 
You followed my purpose. You followed my faith. You followed my long-suffering. You followed my love, perseverance. Here's the other ones. We don't like these, but persecutions and afflictions. You've been with me. You know I live what I'm talking about. You know I'm not saying one thing to you and living something else. I understand that the word imagery there in that passage of scripture was Paul saying, you followed the pattern. My wife is a seamstress. My mother-in-law is a seamstress. So they can tell you how important it is to follow the pattern. If you want to get the exact same outfit that I made, <laughs> it means you have to follow. He's, it, it goes into details that you follow it stitch for stitch. You don't adjust it just a little bit. <laughs> How many seamstresses in the room? So you know, you can't just adjust it a little bit. Something's going to go wrong somewhere. It may seem like this is really going to turn out nice until. <laughs> so what was Paul's, this is what we're getting at is. You should be able to. Follow the example that's in front of you. If you can do that, you're in a place of apostolic leadership, and that's what's going to get you through these perilous times. Paul goes on to talk about, he told him, because you know what happened to me at Antioch and at Iconium and at Lystra, what persecution I endured, and you know the testimony, and out of them all the Lord delivered me. That's why it's so important, even though you've heard the stories over and over and over again of Pastor Paul and Mom Atha. And they've told you over and over and over again of the stories and the victories and the things that God taught them and God showed them. So why? Why did they do that? Why did Paul keep doing that? They he wasn't boasting. He wasn't bragging. But if you're going to get through these perilous times, I'm going to need you to follow the example that I set in front of you. And you know what I've been through. I didn't told you. And in some cases, you were there with me. So continue to follow it. Don't go after some new thing that comes along. And it seems like because their ministry is bigger. How many of you found out that bigger doesn't mean better? I once had a pastor tell us he had a church at the time had 7,000 members and they had grown really fast. It was like in like four or five years, they jumped up to 7,000 members and we were at a youth conference and he gathered all the youth pastors together to have a time of just talking to us youth pastors. Cause you know, you see the starry eyes in our, in these youth pastors, <laughs> see 7,000 members. One day we gonna be like him. So he sat us all down and he said, everything that's bigger is not better. He said, a lot of people came to my church. Most of these people came to our church out of church hurt. They left their churches and came to ours. And he said, I've got 7,000 babies. He said, I can't depend upon them to do anything. They all come to receive every week. They don't come to give. They don't come to serve. They don't come to help. 
So I've got 7,000 babies. So everything that you see growing big doesn't mean it's better. <laughs> and he put it this way. He said, because it was church hurt, he said, my church is swollen growth. Infection, growth by infection. I mean, if you know, parts of our body get infected and what happens? It can swell up. He said, you don't want swollen growth. You want genuine growth. So what am I getting at? Paul telling his son, follow my example. And even though this is despised, Remember when Paul even had to write to church and tell them, don't be ashamed of my afflictions. Don't be embarrassed because of me. Because even in the church world in America, everything is so slick and polished. And I'm not against that because I know there are things that we have to do in excellence. My wife and I, we try to do the best we can with what we got on Internet, with our website and our presentations and our coaching and everything but I'm not willing to put on a slick front. <laughs> and it's really not what's really happening behind the scenes isn't matching up to what we're presenting. And so we've gotten so slick and polished lights and cameras and action, you know, it, you can't, it's hard to distinguish what's really real anymore, you know, because we got reality TV. They call it reality TV, and unfortunately, people really think it's reality. But they don't understand. I'll just tell you this much. It couldn't be reality TV because somebody's standing there holding a camera. And it doesn't even dawn upon people such things as somebody standing there holding a camera showing you this. So how real is this? When reality TV was first introduced, it would be people who happened to have a camera when something would happen in the moment. Remember, that's how it was first introduced. So somebody might catch an accident, or they might catch somebody saying something really wonderful in a speech. So it was just a spontaneous moment. But it wasn't set up with the lights are here, put the lights right there and put this light here and put the camera right here and then I want you guys to sit here and then I want you guys to have an argument about, uh, about where they were last night. Ready, set, go. <laughs> and so people watch it and they go, I just love reality TV. These people are just so real. This is No. But it's hard to distinguish between that and when they walk into many churches across America and it's, a, we're going to sing these songs and then we're going to do that and then we're going to, ready, set, go. And the real hurts and the real pains and what's really happening in our lives, we don't talk about it, we don't bring it up. Controversial things happen in our communities and in our nation. We won't talk about sexism. We won't talk about racism. We won't talk about poverty. We won't talk about mental illness that's happening in our families because we keep it at lights, cameras, perfect, 
go. And Paul said, don't be ashamed of me. I'm in jail. And I know that this is embarrassing to have to tell everybody, my leader is in jail. What church do you go to? I go to Cumberland Valley. Oh, you mean that crazy farmer? You go to that church? Go ahead and say, yeah. <laughs> it's not as big as the rest of the places around here. But all of us know, but I know that the presence of God is there. And I'm not embarrassed to go there. And we may not have as many people. And we may, not be having, we may not be the slamming, happening place. We don't have cameras everywhere. We don't have lights. We don't even have a stage. <laughs> but I guarantee you one thing. When the people of God gather, almighty God <laughs> says, I hear because my spirit goes throughout all the earth looking for those whose heart are perfect. And when the worship comes up out of that barn in Mechanicsburg, Pennsylvania, on the eastern coast of the North American continent, heaven pays attention. And though you have no stage on this planet, oh, in the heavenly realm, there is an awesome stage. And God says, I hear the cry of my people from that place. Come on, bless the Lord right now. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. So this is no small thing that's happening here. When you say, I'm in a place that's going to get me through perilous times. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Number three, settle the issue that opposition is part of the equation. Let me say that again. Settle the issue. This is key number three. Settle the issue that opposition is part of the equation. Pastor Chris, how you can, can you say that? Because the very next verse, verse 12 says, yes, and all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. <laughs> so Paul was like you follow my example you saw what I went through and then he says oh yeah and everybody that makes up your mind and you're going forward like this you're, you're going to have the opposition so settle it so that's why I'm disappointed I'm, I'm a little disappointed with God's leaders preaching these messages about having this good life because the word of the Lord says they that live godly shall, not might, not might, not a, not, not a strong possibility, shall suffer opposition, persecution. Yeah. It's part of the equation. And what we're looking at is what we see in verse 13. But evil men and imposters will grow. Here's the other. Settle it. Evil men and imposters will grow worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. Because when you start deceiving, do you know that you start believing your own lie? 
First of all, you compromise the word of God. That's what I've watched. This is just Pastor Chris Green's observation. I've watched, this is just an observation, as we have watched people back off of the message of the kingdom of God and start compromising because you don't want to lose your funding. Because you don't want to have people turn you off the TV and stop sending in the money because, you know, we got bills to pay. We got salaries to meet. And if I start really preaching this the way I should be preaching, I'm going to have to lay some people off in this ministry and in this organization. See, that's the feeling. I'm not saying that they're going to have to do it because what I've learned is if you stand up for God, he'll stand up for you. Bless the Lord. Key number four, and I got to wrap this up. Get back to and continue in what you were doing that was working. Get back to doing what was working. Paul said in verse 14, but you must continue in the things which you have learned and been assured of. Continue in the things you learned and been assured of knowing from whom you have learned them. And he's talking to Tim specifically. I say Tim. <laughs> and that he tells him that from your childhood you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. Why is that important? You continue in the things that you have learned, and even from the one. That's why that's so key. I know the life of the one who imparted that into me. One of the deceptions of the enemy in the church in America right now are the thousands of people that are walking away from the place where they first received the truth and they received the truth from reputable people. I'm not even just talking about from the pulpit, but from their brothers and sisters that they sat in the pulpit with, in, the, in the pews with. Their friends, their family, I know your lives, we've shared and struggled together. But now, because some newfangled thing comes along, I walk away from all of that. Because they've got a bigger church, bigger ministry, more stuff is, ha stuff is happening. I remember one time we got a phone call. Uh, someone asked us if we had a children's church. They had just a list of things, because that's how people shop for churches now. Yeah. They shop. And if you can't meet everything on their checklist, then they're done. Now, there was a time when I would have scrambled and then tried to meet all of the needs of the, of the checklist. But I began to realize something. God, you are allowing it to be this way. That's why we're letting the kids run and play. Because this is what we had working in the city. You got children. You got people going through horrors in their life and things are happening to them. And when they come to the house of God, guess what? For many of them, this is the first place of peace. Somebody say peace. Peace. That they've experienced for years. Haven't had any sense of peace for years. So God just totally upsets our world. Boy, we just got a full demonstration today, didn't we? Kids are playing, having a good time. Everybody got to try to stay focused because guess what? 
This is the world we live in today. Thank you, God. Say, Lord, thank you for giving us a, a, just a real-life example lesson today. How you've had to work, to stay focused, and the kids are playing. And guess what? This is the world we're in. There's so much going on, and we got to, all right, Lord, I'm trying to stay focused on your word. I'm trying to hear what you're saying. And it's real easy to hear this and to hear that, but I'm trying to say, thank you, Lord, for the life lesson today. Because that's how it is. Lord, I'm trying to hear you. Stand, trying to stay focused on you. Bless the Lord. And then, finally, number five. Remember, and this is the key, that the final authority is the word of God. Key number five to getting through perilous times. The final authority is the word of God. Paul says in verse 16, all scripture is given by inspiration of God. That phrase means it's God breathed from the very breath of God. And it is profitable for teaching or doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. That the man, automatically means woman, <laughs> may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. God, your word is the final authority. So when I hear the different things and the philosophies and the teachings and the new doctrines and all of the stuff that's coming along, God, I'm going back to your word. That I can trust. When I look back over my life and every time I trusted your word, and you saw me through. I'm standing on your word today. You are seeing me through. And for the future, which is unknown, I'm standing on your word. Amen. Some of the things that are being taught, and I'll close with this one, have such strong influence that the very elect of God are being deceived. It's just that serious. And our family members, our friends, they're, they're hearing this stuff. And what is really happening with us is that we're learning that God, I've got to do more now than just be under your word, meaning simply having somebody come and preach to me every week. I've got to get in your word. Because now we're living in a time where we can't always wait till Sunday or Wednesday or Saturday to get back in the midst of the corporate setting. Your word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against. And the word sin means miss. Understand that the actual word for sin was a word that was used from archery. That I might not pull back the bow on the string and that I might not miss, that I might not sin, that I might not miss the mark. So I've hidden your word in my heart. Come on right now, just bow before the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we receive these words that you have given us today. We put our focus on you.
not our problems, not what people are doing, not even on myself. Thank you, Lord God, for setting us under true apostolic leadership, whose doctrine and manner of life and purpose and faith and long-suffering and love and perseverance we can follow. Thank you, Lord God, that we settle it in our hearts right now that those who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus, that we're going to suffer persecution. But, Lord God, we know that we can continue in the things that we have learned and been assured of because we know from whom we've learned them. And we settle it, Lord God, that your word will be the final authority. Your word we hide in our hearts that we won't miss, that we may not miss the will of God. Thank you, Lord. We hear you, Lord. We receive this, Lord. I want you to be real intentional about this. I don't know what the days are ahead for us. I just know that the word of God tells us to, he, as Paul told Timothy, he told him to preach the word and be prepared in season and out of season. Be ready to correct and rebuke and to encourage. He told him to do it with great patience and, and careful instruction. So we've tried to be true to that today. And that's because he said the time would come when men would not put up with sound doctrine. He said, he said instead they're going, to, they're going to gather around themselves teachers because they have itching ears to hear what they want to hear. He said that they're going to turn away their ears from the truth and turn aside to myths and fables. Yes, Lord. So, Lord, we receive this careful instruction. That's what was in our heart to give to you today. So just right now, say, Lord, I receive your careful instruction. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, give the Lord a praise right now. Bless the Lord.